Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar We don't have to get super into the weeds on that, but what we should get super into the weeds on is uh, Neil's affinity for the punk scene. My affinity. <laughs> it's all me. I, I mean, I was being somewhat facetious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not really sure what either one of you guys think about punk punk music or what your experience with punk. I've always loved it because. Growing up, I always had one foot in skate culture. Like, I was a skater when I was a kid, but I also played football. You know, I wasn't full on. So, as Avril Lavigne would say, you were you were a straight-up skater boy? No, not straight up. <laughs> and she <laughs> said, see you later, boy? No, the, no, the I, would skate, you know I would skate to peewee football practice, put it that way. <laughs> but, you know, just that culture in the 80s and 90s, like, I grew up around a lot of that kind of music. I, I never got too deep. As far as punk's concerned, I, I basically like all the popular stuff. I'm not into bad religion, minor threat, all that stuff. I'm not, I've never even heard most of that stuff. Jonathan, what's your experience with punk music or the um, scene? You know, it's like, like anything else, the groups that write good songs, I like those groups. And the folks don't, I don't really care about those groups. Um <laughs> I think the Ramones are cool. I, I dig what they were doing. Uh, I don't really need to hear the Ramones too much. The two big Sex Pistols songs are definitely lots of fun, even though those guys are basically full of shit. I mean, they were put together by a fashion designer, and, like, Johnny Rotten just an asshole, and Sid fucking Vicious was just a drug addict drunk. He wasn't really a musician. So, but, and they were just, they really, they were like the, they really were like the fucking Backstreet Boys of Apocalypse. Iggy Pop has some really cool stuff that I dig. And then, see, most of the stuff I, music I like, you could say there's a punk element mentality. It just in the sense of like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Now, the thing is, you know, uh, to me, I've always said like punk sounds like what happens when white folks stop hanging out with black people, which means the music is boring. Cause it's just don't, don't. And it's just like dudes yelling. And it's like, what are you like? Really? Like that being said, the best stuff is pretty good. Even some of the more modern bands. I mean, like, you know, like rants and stuff. I'm far from any kind of like aficionado, but you know, I think like everything else, ninety percent of everything's crap. The ten percent that's good's pretty good. <laughs> well, we've kind of gone over the clash in another episode, so I mean, I, 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 I do almost think that they transcended punk. I mean, they're considered they punk, did. but like, what I associate with punk is more like the Sex Pistols. Is I, I don't like that album. I, I can't even really listen to it. I actually like Johnny Rotten's next band. Those, you don't, God Save the Queen and fucking... Anarchy in the US. Yeah, those are good. UK. Anarchy in the UK is a fun, too. I mean, it's... They're fine, but I like. I would rather listen to Johnny Rotten's second band, like Public... Lim, uh, public... Public Image yeah. Limited. Public Image Limited. Huh. <laughs> LTD. The, I mean, that... that ha I think the, the songs, that band, some of their oh, songs are just better. Yes. I would or say... You know, like you said with the Ramones, I mean that they're like almost like bubblegum pop. I mean, they're very poppy, and I never really got into the pop 
punk thing, especially when I was like in high school with Blink One Eighty Two and all those all those. Yeah, that shit's bands. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I just never really got into that. But the Ramones have fun songs. I mean, they're they're like almost pleasant to listen to, which I don't really associate with punk, really, because like the punk that I like when I go running or something would be like an old like a band like Wire. To the Ramones and like you're saying like pop and bubblegum, I think one of the reasons punk is so good is because it is based in such pop music. They're they're all like very simple. It's the reason people like pop is the reason people like punk because it's simple, straight ahead. They just punk has much more of an edge. Just like the Misfits, I mean they're pretty simple, but they they do some cool shit. Misfits are more like horror punk. But they're one of my favorites. I mean, they have some, their their good songs are great. Yeah, I mean it's know? a little cliche, but I fucking love them. They're so good. They're I mean two songs, "Where Eagles Dare" and "Last Caress" are so good. "Last Caress" is great. Now, do you consider morphine punk? No, I mean, uh. but I, I but I could see why someone would. Um, and and when you think about punk, it's funny because it is so broad. When I think of punk, I think of Sex Pistols rancid and the bands with like mohawks and are just straight punk but if you like the actual kind of musicality like goes into the clash and yeah you know well have you ever been to a punk concert i don't think i've ever been to any big punk shows definitely growing up in western maryland there was a lot of like local punk ska rockabilly kind of stuff going on there was a lot of like black a lot of wallet chains you know, yeah. Mohawks and um, there was a lot of that in college in in Austin, Ma- Austin, Massachusetts, where Boston University is. That was the scene in the in like two thousand. First of all, the thing about punk that is very cool, and Eddie Van Halen said this. He's like, you know, music gets bands come up, they get big, music gets you know, popular, but it shit starts getting so complicated that like the regular teenager can't play it, and that's what yeah. happened in the seventies. Between the big productions and the fucking million dollar budgets and all the money and the fucking and then the, the guitar rush playing. and yes and then mm-hmm. to, and then you can't do that shit at home, so they're just like fuck it we're gonna do our own thing. Yeah, that part's very cool, which is also what hip hop did with kids, you know, making beats and just talking and rapping over beats. So that's also very DIY. It's the the punk the punk ethos yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because it's all attitude. That being said, if it's just pure punk, that's like pure fucking Everclear. Right, you don't really just want to drink. You want to mix it with something. Yeah, and when you just kind of ran through the things that it gets mixed with, Neil, pop obviously with like Green Day and some of these bands. Uh, then you have like the uh, rockabilly kind of stuff. Then you have mm-hmm. the ska stuff, and mm-hmm. so it like it kind of morphs into these different like themed kind of versions of punk, but like pure pure straight punk. Like so, that shit's pretty three chords and just rage and. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. really music. It's, it's more of a it's uh, angst. This uh, performance art. It's it's teenage angst, basically, like you just said. I mean, it's it, that that's kind of yeah. what comes. But through. the point is, yeah, the point isn't even music, really. It's just to vent. It's to get your yayas out. You can't really define punk. You know, I mean, I feel like I think it's an attitude. It's not really a genre. It comes. It's like a mixer. It's not even really a. a, a but except the early early bands are a thing, but they're just like totally underground. It's like snuff films aren't really a category of films. I beg to differ. <laughs> you got a library. Just as far as punk is concerned, have you ever been in a real mosh pit? Yes. Sweet. It's... Where? Uh, on the night Jerry Garcia died, I was going to see Helmet and Primus. Ah, <laughs> oh, Helmet, yeah. I've and, actually and, seen and that. And that was it's exhausting. 
It's so tiring because you got to keep your eyes open, and it's it's like being in the ocean, but the ocean is trying to beat your ass. But you also want to beat his ass. Well, speaking of the rock club I worked at, the Paradise Rock Club, shout out, uh, in Boston, in Austin, um, Massachusetts. <laughs> the so there's when, an echo every time you fucking say that word. In Boston, but, Austin, like, Austin, 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 uh, Austin, Austin. Uh, but <laughs> that's a show. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, there was whenever there was mosh pits at shows, would like two two of the security guys would kind of have to s- stand near the the like edge of the mosh pit because once it got into the people who were standing there trying to enjoy the show without getting involved, we had to kind of put them back in the mosh pit. And there was one time, man, I I, I kind of guided one guy back into the mosh pit. He re- turned around, grabbed my arm, started swinging me around into the mosh pit. I have to grab my little walkie-talkie and just start hitting him <laughs> with it. Like, let go of me, you fucking asshole. And, you know, and he finally did. It was like, Jesus Christ. He just pulled you into shit's... the pit, huh? He pulled me into the pit, which is not a place I ever want to be. Like, Passed I don't want to be jumping around. Fucking me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do, you know? Doing the you mosh pit skip like the... You oh. played football. I was padded. It's um, just like there was a bull in the ring. It's that. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, <laughs> I've definitely been in bull plenty, in the rings one on one. It's more intimate. I've been in plenty of like local punk shows, bullshit mosh pits, but the only one that was real and pretty fucking scary, and it wasn't necessarily punk, but as we've been talking about, it's a wide, uh, wide net. It was um, Rage Against the Machine and Wu Tang, like it in, in a huge field, like a huge mosh, like that. I definitely had bruises, and it was like, watch out, watch out. You were like, don't go down. Because it was probably 30 people, like a big old fucking, and, and that was in the 90s. That was a, Did you say 30? Well, no, I'm just saying in the pit. Like there Yeah, was, I thought you were going to say like hundreds, and you were like, there was like 30 people in the mosh pit. I'm like, what? Well, it was one of many spirals of mosh pits. Uh, in the, in there the were big, lots of, there, yeah. was, there were tornadoes of moshes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moshnado? Mosh NATO, one, two, and three. Uh, and, and on that note, <laughs> we, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and we are talking about punk because <laughs> this week we are discussing Green Day's 1994 song Basket Case from the album Dookie. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? Well, I've loved this song from day one, the first time I heard it on MTV when I was a kid. I love how it hits you in the face just right away. It's It, it was kind of a, at that point, it wasn't a new sound to rock, but it was a new sound for the 90s. And... It's so simple. I love how it, it starts with just him, like the first beat is him starting to sing and guitar. And it's so powerful with just him and the guitar just starting out like that. It's a, it's a good pop song. It's got a lot of attitude. It's very introspective. And just as far as their sound, I think they really bottled up this, this punk sound for the 90s and beyond. It's kind of polished and it's pop, but I still think they have a lot of street cred as far as rock and punk. And I think this song really shot them out of a cannon in the 90s. And it's not trying to be anything it's not. It's, you know exactly what this song is. So are you it's saying tr- that one good thing about Green Day is when they hit, you feel no pain? <laughs> yes. One good yes. thing about Green Day, feel no pain. That's um, exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember this when this came out. I was, um, I don't know, maybe a sophomore, maybe a junior, somewhere in there. Definitely good stuff. I mean, Green Day is like the Beatles 
meet the Sex Pistols and form the yeah. Sex Beatles or something. <laughs> which that, is actually, is, that is a that's high praise. That's good stuff. Yeah, because they're definitely great songwriters, but they have that punk theme. But they also seem like good guys. Like it was a problem when Billy Joe was drunk on stage, and I'm like. I mean, it's a problem, but it's not like a problem if you're in a rock band and you're drunk on stage at one point. It's like, I mean, it's not. But for him, it was like, oh, I'm really well, sorry to the fucking. There's a I'm difference like, between being drunk on stage and being drunk on stage. But even being drunk <laughs> on stage, it's going to happen sometimes, right? Like, I don't think like Waylon Jennings is ever like, guys, I'm so sorry, I got drunk on stage. Like, I just really right. apologize. And and so they're, they're definitely kind of have that good, they're a little boy scouty in there, which which is fine, but um. Yeah, great songwriting, great pop sensibilities, great guitar playing. It's all done. You know, Billy Joe Armstrong's great, and the fact that they can pull it off live seals the deal. I was thinking about today. Green Day's probably uh, they're probably what the the they might be the best band that I care the least about, <laughs> and I mean that in a complimentary way. And they're really good. <laughs> if I never heard, if I never heard them again, I would probably a few times I'd be like, ah, oh, that, that that when I come, there's some things. But they're also mm-hmm. yeah, you get it. They're de- they're definitely a band that it's 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 more fun to be like yeah I like Green Day than actually listen <laughs> to, to Green Day you know um, <laughs> but but Jonathan you set me up for this so I'm just gonna say it. yeah I bought Dookie when when it came out when I was 11. You bought Dookie nice nice <laughs> nice we all so, bought Dookie that's but for you damn but sure. well, you're right and, and yet somehow, you had to buy Dookie but now you're 74. Watching fucking Jeopardy and playing golf, and that ma- that makes hitting us seventy seven. Hitting, sa- hitting the sauna and the library in the. I afternoon. mean, a goddamn vaccine oh. shot takes you out of work for three playing days. Golf. I mean, it just yeah. puts you on your back for three days. Playing golf, early bird special. Watching watching Jeopardy and Will of Fortune. I'm sure you're moving to Florida uh, soon. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but but Doogie was a, a, a big album for me. I mean, like at eleven, you're not like I th- I'm pretty sure that that and the live album with Lightning Crashes were the first like two CDs that I bought that weren't like shitty country music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Live is a mixed bag, my friend. That's a fucking. Yeah. That's a. I'm not sure how I feel about that band. <laughs> I'm a little, we're not going to get into live right I'm now. I'm just saying there is but, a conundrum. We should talk about the live conundrum at some point. But but I, I will say this about Dookie. Like I would say, hearing that at 11 or and probably, I mean, it was all that me and my friends listened to for probably a, a year was the first music I heard that I considered this is my generation's music. You know, <laughs> yeah. like this was written for kids my age. No, I'm just laughing because you know, I mean, it's like now that's what I call music collection of Josh <laughs> Bob. That's what I call <laughs> modern music. <laughs> it, it consisted of one album at eleven and or two albums. That's what I call Green music Day folks. and Live. Uh, and then Clint Black over in the uh, other C D compartment. Nice. <laughs> but but no th- this tune is obviously a standout from the album. It's it's super it's a super compact, tight song. It hits you right off the bat like Neil says it's juvenile but relatable. It's playful, yet the content is somewhat serious. It's straightforward with some complexity. Uh, it's a really good tune. Like it's some yeah. of this, but it's also that. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it combines contrasts well, and that makes it a good song, in my opinion. I'm not sure if you're like a slightly more or less pervy Charlie Rose. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm which. I'm not that pervy. <laughs> Well, I don't even know exactly. Jonathan, what Sorry. to what you were saying, like you were saying, it's a little too kind of polished or pop, or they don't have like the whole drunk on stage thing. But I, that's what I love about them. Like you don't have to be a fucking drunk dickhead to play 
punk music. Nor should like, you. So many people in punk just lean on the attitude and no <laughs> talent. And I'm they're like, saying, fuck Green Day, man. No, 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 no. Fucking sell out. It's like, no, no, you should be doing that. You should be writing great songs and bringing this music that you like so much to the masses. It's not your fault, Will. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got... Jonathan, it's, it's not your fault. Will, it's not your fault. No, the, let's be clear. I totally agree with you. My point being that if you do happen to get drunk and be a dickhead, you don't have to fucking apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... I think that episode was more, I'm 50 years old now with kids. Like, you know, it was an iHeartRadio thing with like a bunch of kids around. I'm sorry. So That's like, what you get for playing I didn't know radio. that part. That doesn't yeah. make it worse. So like, you know, whatever. Uh, but Well, now you <laughs> anyway. tell us. You could have, that's yeah. information we could have used five I, minutes I kinda ago, like I kind of like it when you guys get into it. But, but, but no, I mean, this song is... It was the third single on the album behind Longview and Welcome to Paradise. Longview may be a better song than this, but I, I think this song is definitely more influential moving yeah, forward yeah, than totally. anything on the album. Like It sounds like a lot more is going on than it is just to have the three guys playing. It's um, not, though. It's not. But, but like, but like you said, Neil, I mean, it's just really driving, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it comes out of, right off the bat. There's not really any... There's no frills. Thing that there's nothing that really stands out. It's just solid, mm-hmm. right? It's just like good that's what I would say. This it, right. it's just solid. It's yes, song it's a right. very tight, it's solid just song. Energetic introspection, just well, at its best. Well, the thing that's cool about it, and it's tricky to do, but like, like you know, they say like like with gas-powered cars, like you hit the gas and they accelerate, right? But like with the Tesla, since it's electric, it's just bam, it's just instant. Like there's not the the way the torque whatever, yeah. and that's how Green Day is, man. They just they start, pow, and it's just on. It, they don't yeah. build up to speed. They don't get up to speed. They're just at speed out of the. They're like a fucking. And then the alien pops out of your chest. That <laughs> motherfucker's ready to go. Yeah, he's just ah. They do do that, but which is great. This song kicks in. It's it's right out of the gates, just full right. speed. Exactly. But then they still have that supercharger when the drums and bass come in. Exactly. And, just yeah it's, oh yeah absolutely they well, always have they, a next level yeah it all keeps setting up i think i'm cracking up and am i just paranoid am i just stuck well they, they said that they are um i don't know if trey if cool or dirt said it um <laughs> dirt i've always hated the name I, i've always hated the name trey cool but uh they said that they kind of looked to the Beatles' like early stuff on the like please please me uh, yeah exactly whatever record that was on for this because the Beatles did that a lot in their early records where they would just come straight into it like oh yeah and, and, and stuff like that yeah, where it's yeah, just like yeah. just fucking go yeah there's no great. intro there's no it's just so yeah. that, it's funny you said that Jonathan about Beatles and who who else did you say the Ramones the Sex Pistols. Huh. But Ramones is better. Uh, Ramones is better. Comp. Ramones is better. Yeah, yeah, they just seem like a modern, like a the Ramones but twenty years it's later. More fun to say to Sex Beatles. So <laughs> Sex Beatles, <laughs> the Beetle Pistols. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> also a great name. Okay, Neil, what, what's your favorite part of this song? Ask Jonathan. I don't know what Neil's favorite part of the song is. I have no idea. No, <laughs> um, I mean. Actually, you know what? I like, I'm a sucker for a good pre chorus, which I think I've mentioned. Huh. Sometimes I give myself the creeps that, but da 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 da. That when the, the harmony comes in there, 
that's when it takes because a lot of people a lot of bands could do that first part a lot of bands could you know um they could get to that but that change there that's the mark of a good songwriter sometimes i give myself the dreams sometimes my mind plays tricks on me He's really just going to the five there, right? Which is pretty typical to do to go to a chorus. But yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, it, it, it's very, maybe. very. But effect- it's right. Well, it's it's in D going to the G. Yes, the four. Well, actually, no. They they tone they tune it down. Whatever, to but yeah, B it's going to the or something four. like that. But yeah, right, right. So, Neil, what's uh, what's what's your favorite part of the song? It's basically the beginning where it's just him and the guitar. And the way that this song speaks to everyone, like I don't know anyone of our generation who can't sing every word of this song. Do you guys know every word? I know I do. I mean, it's kind of yeah. It, it just yeah, sticks with you. Like there were some I misinterpreted, but yeah, it's just the songwriting. There's definitely more um, complicated or just songs that are just thought of as more musically gifted. But this song is just such a good kind of power pop punk just sound. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like power pop candy. I, the songwriting is is good. I mean, if, you know, it, he wrote this about, a, uh, I guess he had panic disorder, which I also suffer from. And, he, you know, he definitely captures the feeling around a panic attack perfectly. But I would say just in the first verse in the chorus, I don't think the second verse is as strong. But, you know, the, the first line, it, it just kind of... Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? That's great. And <laughs> I definitely sang other things because he, he says melodramatic in such a weird way. It's cool and it sounds great, but like I definitely did not know that was what he was saying when I what was did 11 you think and he was 12. I, I don't remember. I mean, that was 25 years ago at this point. <laughs> but. Quickly to my point, I mean, it's weird to have a song that's just basically talking shit about yourself and then, but everyone knows, everyone can sing every line because it's so relatable, kind of having this this feeling and, and he may have suffered from panic attacks, but everyone can kind of tune in to exactly what he's so talking just, about. So you're here. saying you just really appreciate the theme in general, you know, and, and it mm-hmm. is great. It's very, it, it's very honest and that's what makes yeah. Green Day so good is you can tell a lot about the artist from their art and that is the key thing in art i think and if 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 someone does that i think they'll find an audience it may be a big audience it may be a small audience yeah you can tell he had to get this out yeah i mean yeah absolutely it's 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 very it's very honest i mean they're not like you know it's not breaking down walls or breaking down barriers but they're super effective but you're right absolutely it gets the the point and it gets the point across perfectly it's a new voice again it's definitely a new voice in a way, he is breaking down barriers a little bit. In 1994, to say you went to a whore, he said my life's a bore, was definitely a big, was a big thing. Yeah, and then he and then he changes it to she there at the end, so it's kind of like yeah, no, absolutely. Especially knowing the age of the kids who are going to be listening to this music. Yeah. You I mean, know, you're doing a... something that rock should do, which is be subversive and, and get people thinking about stuff that's uh, anathema to to the older folks. Well, and yeah, just to be like, I go to a shrink, I have, I call male whores. Like, it's a lot of, there's a lot going on here. It's like you have to pay a guy for sex? 
I don't think it works that way. Dude. It's like you should be getting the money. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You're doing it backwards, Billy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it works that way. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a very traditional song structure and again, I do think the first verse is probably better than the second verse. I think the chorus is outstanding. But I I would even say though that just kind of staying in the songwriting, I think the melody is better than the lyric in this song. The melody is pretty amazing. That's that's really what kind of ties a bow on this whole thing because it is that hard crunching sound with great lyrics and then if you just listen to the melody green day is so effective and kind of visual and kind of like yeah um that it's hard to just like break it down and be like oh this is actually just a really nice melody this is a really nice song well the most impressive thing about the melody is yeah other you know i mean it sounds fantastic but and and it's beautiful um (laughs) and if you listen to the instrumental versions of the song that like you can find on spotify i mean it really is a beautiful melody but that anybody, and this is nothing on his vocal, like whatever, his voice is fine. It's, you know, nothing outstanding, but it's not bad either. It's anybody can sing this this melody. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's why we all know the words. Well, I saw a verse. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those melodies that's so good that everybody knows the words and sings it when they hear the song, you know, or could if they wanted to, mm-hmm. which is a feat. The good songwriting always has those things in common either there's a fucking badass melody or a badass riff with good lyrics or some combination of the three all songs have mm-hmm. some combination of mm-hmm. those three and these guys do it their tempo and i feel like we don't talk enough about drummers on this podcast so i'm just going to say the uh the the tempo and just the unrelenting like it's not like crazy hard like drumming but it is Relentlessly enthusiastic, yeah, just and yeah, precise, so good. and it's hard to. You've got to be a certain kind of like person, because a lot of people, like you can get a lot like a, a drummers to play that kind of stuff. It just kind of, they could technically do it, but they wouldn't do it with the same sense of abandon that like it absolutely yeah. requires in, in a band. Like and just lean, leaning into it, leaning yeah, into just, like, just engine, like I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm not going to be try try to be Ginger Baker. I'm just going to, you know, just play it straight ahead, but with a lot of energy. Yeah. It, it, he's relentless, and I think that's the standout musically of the song is the drums. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah when it so comes much. in, when it comes in, it's uh, and a lot of their songs kind of have that, you know. Of all the parts, I would Joe say the drummer the has the most challenging. It's not that it's not that it's hard, but it's relentlessly like you got to be pushing it the whole time. Yeah, full body. Yeah. But I would just say that's the most interesting part musically for me when I when I hear the song. And I love that guy's been rocking that same mohawk for like 30 years, just back there banging <laughs> on those drums. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like Trey uh, Cool. What up, Trey Cool? He's like somewhere, well, yeah, he's somewhere between, um, you know, he gets like a little Keith Mooney sometimes, but then, then like when it settles in, he's like the dude from ACDC where it's just boom, pow, boom, pow. It's just, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's great to be able to just on, on the drop of a, you know, hat, just go from like just hardcore driving to like, those like furious, you know, bursts and then back. I can't imagine doing that shit hungover. Like, it'd be the worst band to be in hungover. <laughs> oh my, it'd be terrible. If you're in the dead, no problem. They Would you have to apologize well, after the gig, Jonathan? No, never, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. oh, unless it's for kids. If yeah, if you're playing for a bunch of kids, the, for kids you and iHeartRadio. Let's not forget iHeartRadio. That's what you get. For <laughs> for kids. That's what you get. That's what you get. Sorry, kids. 
<laughs> the the drums also and kind of the driving you know the the driving music of the song and like the punk aspect of it it lends itself to a fucking panic attack as well i mean like that is when you're having a panic attack you feel like all of a sudden you're scared of what you do not know and you just mm-hmm. either want to need to like get up and go outside or or do something and that's it, this kind of it yeah, kind of creates it's, frantic. it's not really chaotic because it's so kind of frantic clean yeah, like you said earlier it's but organized like, it's it's urgent so <laughs> the drummer from um green day what which which guy is that trey cool trey cool, trey cool yeah. yeah and another guy is what's the other guy's name Mike Dernt. Oh, why don't you just call him, why don't you call him Mike? <laughs> Mike D. Or something. Mike, Mike D. Mike D. It's a different band. It's a different, different band. Pod. Anyway, so, but Trey Cool, the drummer, that enthusiasm is something that you can't just, you can't manufacture it, you can't learn it in school, and like, it's, it's so important to a band like this, like their sound, and, and another example of that, as I've mentioned before, uh, is Steven Adler from Guns N' Roses, but it's funny because I'd read you know, interviews with him and he was just talking about like how he like ran away from home and was on the streets a lot in Hollywood. And he was like, I mean, shit was getting bad. Like he was fucking doing shit for money. Like fucking, yeah. I don't know if he was doing it or having it done, but there was some <laughs> shit Jesus. happening for money. And I was like, we get it. And so but you clear that like he was doing shit for money. Are we clear about that? Like he was yes. sucking dicks or something. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. So we get a clean <laughs> yes. test. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I was checked out. What were you talking about? He was like doing shit for money. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, okay. like in his playing, you can hear him, the enthusiasm of "I don't ever want to suck dicks again." Like, I'm, you can hear that in his drumming. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it's so sincere and passionate that you can't learn that in just music school. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you can. So, is this something you read or that you projected? <laughs> <laughs> I read it and projected it onto you guys. <laughs> I'm 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 uh wow. I'm I'm covered in projection right now. You can, uh, you can hear <laughs> You can hear that need for success. The walls caving in just more dicks. That he has to suck his way out. <laughs> the walls are caving in. <laughs> and that's what he plays like. <laughs> and that's a pretty good compliment, oh. I think. Oh, no, I I agree. I agree. That was well put, Jonathan. It'd be kind of like the thing in Return of the Jedi that's in the sand, and it's just like fucking. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Just can't no, get the, out well, that yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, you talking about the one-eyed like big lizard? No, with no, the, the thing that they're no, at the very Tatooine at, at the <laughs> beginning. You talking about tremors? <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> bacon. Let's, get, let's move away from the dick pic. <laughs> let's let's uh, transition out of the dick pit and just touch on. Um, the the I mean like the bass player for me I don't he does that one little flourish in that first little guitar breakdown after the uh, either after the course of the first verse you know where they do like a little mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah he's he's uh, but, but he's other, doing his job he's he's you know otherwise he's just doing his job playing to the melody yep. the guitars it's just one guitar right yes and and it's the fact that they're just a super solid power trio so much sound out of three guys like. And I love that this song doesn't have a guitar solo. They're like, eh, could have, didn't. And, and there, there's something very cool they do at the end of this song in the like, down, 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 down. There's a guitar thing that they do that is used in every fucking movie about that takes place in like the high school, like the Pol Pot pump scene, Blink 182, all that shit uses that guitar riff at the end of that. 
and this entire song is is mm-hmm. just that whole move it started that whole movement it seems like other than that i think that's my one thing with green day that i like after dookie i never like i got their next album and i was just kind of done with them already because not really guitar there's no guitar solos it's just kind of that and there's just only so much of that that i want to hear it gets gets tiring after a while and old and you're just like all right i'm good well i yeah i agree with um albums beyond this but dookie is a good listen from front to back absolutely but i Um, I think just that that whole fact that it's just that one guitar and just like "Eh, we don't need a solo let's just let's just be tight i'm gonna write (laughs) some good tunes Uh and yeah well the thing is like outside of like cream or hendrix or you know it's really hard to be really diverse in a three-piece yeah because and even in the studios like cream hendrix i mean zeppelin was four but robert plant was singing well even nirvana had you know pat smear right play exactly. a lot so it's, it's really hard so what they did is in in lieu of solos they just let you hear them just rocking out on their wrists because and there again that's the mm-hmm. timing the, the the real appeal there is the execution and they're just crushing it man they're just like yeah, fucking. Because everyone can play like you can play close to this. You can sound pretty cool, but to like just put that extra oh yeah bit of funk it's on a it, real commitment. Just that, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the thing that I always took from this song, other than the melodramatic, you know, like how he does that. Other than that head turn the, you just did automatically. The, the, the <laughs> I, had, I had to like, I had to go down and look exactly. up into the That's mic to sing that. Instinct, uh, right. Just to really get it out of my, my throat. Um, but the, when I was younger, especially, and really even when I think about this song now, is a grasping is the bridge. It's like when they mm-hmm. get to control. Better hold on. That's probably yes. my favorite part of those songs. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and that goes right into the lack of a guitar solo. <laughs> exactly. I I love that they don't do a solo. It's it's just no. And this it, it bewilders me that because it's so prime for just a ripping guitar over top but just the fact they don't is it's it's such a power move like we well, don't need but it. it but it fits like what you said earlier it's like i got something i gotta say i gotta get this out of me they go right into it and it's like less than three minutes and then they're out they're mm-hmm. like no extra shit let's fucking get this done get it out of me and then move on well that's another example of like when you just don't have it you learn how to work without it yeah and that's mm-hmm. what I was saying about it. And it, what happens is you randomly, you end up getting a fucking unique voice. I mean, Ray Manzarek from The Doors said, like, we t- played with bass players a couple of times, and you know, we just ended up sounding like the Stones. He's like, you know, with the bass. And so sometimes it's that lack of something that yeah. makes you, you know, it's like a mutation. Yeah. 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 Neil, what would you say is your favorite line? in the song i mean just i really think it is am i just paranoid or am i just stoned and the way he fucks with it throughout or yeah 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 like he's always just kind of like putting whatever he wants in there it's just one of the peaks of the song there's there's many you know i kind of like it front to back so i'm kind of just picking and choosing here so i really i love the first line i think it's a great it's a that's a great first line and I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Do you yeah. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? I, it's just like what you know, Neil. You used that in your cheesy ass text this morning. Of like, do you have the time 
to listen to me whine. But that, no, eight, I no, said eight thirty is, is the, the time, time for you to listen to, listen. to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that. But when you continue uh, it about nothing and everything all at once, that's what really adds it. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very can well, I retract? Can I retract my answer? <laughs> absolutely not. I'm going with you guys. <laughs> it's a three for. We're, we're all in agreement. <laughs> hey, it's a th- no. It's a threesome. <laughs> And in, and in saying that, it obviously brings us to vibe time. Jonathan, get that, uh, get that thing out. I was going to on one that's a gangbang, but anyway, here you get, go. Get, <laughs> get that thing out and turn it on. All right, uh, Neil, it's your song. So what? Uh, when do you want to hear it? Um, it's super cliche, but I want to hear it in headphones while I'm riding a skateboard. Nice. Nice. No fucking noise. <laughs> noise, bro. <laughs> Just fucking skating, doing some half hemis. Or what, what is that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> skateboard terms. Some half hemis. <laughs> Jonathan, what, when do you want to hear this half song? Half hemi. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not the full hemi. No full uh, hemis here. Right. I want to listen to a song when I'm getting my hair dyed. A funny color. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. But when I really, but that probably wouldn't happen. So when I really want to listen to the song, this would be a fun song to listen to. Playing like I haven't played it in ages. I'd probably fucking have a heart attack. Like ultimate frisbee or something, where you just need energy. Ultimate to like, frisbee. That is a great answer. Yeah, I mean, like it just being like, kind of like a Daniel Russo Karate Kid kind of scenario at the beach, but you're just like, yeah, yeah. Frisbee, like listen to this, fucking Johnny. <laughs> and then you gotta get in a fight. It's like when when you're running away in a fucking shower curtain. <laughs> um, from, <laughs> what? When you're running away in the shower curtain. <laughs> curtain. <laughs> curtain. Uh, I would want. I, I, I want to hear this. The only time I want to hear this song is at like my high school reunion. I, this belongs. I'm very nostalgic for the song, but I don't ever really need to hear this or anything by Green Day in hey, my life. Hey, so let me. High school reunion. Let me just butt in here. When Green Day uh, released American Idiot, like in 2008 or nine, like that was, I was really like, good for you guys. Like you really just vaulted yourself into like. You're fucking lying if you tell me that you listen to that entire album. Oh, of course. Jesus of Suburbia. Yes. You listen to every song on that album? Over and over. No, it's great, man. (laughs) Yes. It was really, it was a great album. Well then. It was highly acclaimed. It was, I mean, come on. Get with the picture. Well, I'm just saying, if you and I were sitting around hanging out and I just put on basket case, we wouldn't be like, fuck, this song is great. I mean, like, no, we would. I would be like, put on something else. Well, no, okay. If I had walked over and put it on, <laughs> you'd be like, like turn so it. Not in the mood for but this. if it just came on, if someone else put it on and we didn't have if control. It, if it came on the radio when I was driving down the road, yeah, I'd probably be like, dude, da da da. And then I'd probably turn it before the song was over. Okay. Honestly. Okay. But high school we have we, we have differing opinions. Or or in the shower. I think Green Day is a great band that deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Abs- and they are. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about for, that. For sure, for sure. And this is a great song. I just yeah. high school reunion is the only time I want to hear. Okay, gotcha. Right. Well, it sounds like it sounds like we're under the influence. So Neil, what uh, what uh, was this song influenced by? What did it influence? Um, well, what, we've what heard... should people listen to? Yeah, we've I mean, heard... other than the American Idiot album that you <laughs> <laughs> love. Uh, yes, I do. I'm sorry. Um, well, we've already <laughs> talked about a lot that influenced them: the Beatles, uh, the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, um, a lot of that stuff. But I did find it funny that 
that a lot of women really, a lot of big pop stars really look to Green Day. Billie Eilish said there was no album more important to her and her brother kind of growing up. <laughs> Lady Gaga said she uh, remembers buying the CD and licking it because she loved it so much. <laughs> she wanted to taste and, some dookie. And um, just no doubt, a year later, like their sound, like Green Day kind of kicked the punk door open in the 90s and kind of let them, let no doubt, like kind of paved the way for that sound. No doubt. No, Jonathan, no doubt. What, <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, like I said, as we said, Ramones, Sex Pistols, all that stuff. And then after, I mean, unfortunately for me, like, you know, I was never into Blink-182 or any of that shit. So, like, I, Yeah, there is an unfortunate. I wish they hadn't kicked the door quite so wide open sometimes. <laughs> like, maybe, uh, maybe they should have just got in and shut it behind him. I, I could have lived with that. Close the door behind you. <laughs> just close the fucking door, Green Day. Nobody wants the warp tour. No one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just generally that, like, I think it's pretty obvious, like who, from you know where they came from and what they led to. And yeah. uh, like I said, they're they're good, they're they're great that way. Yeah, I would tell you another band that probably influenced them that we haven't brought up is Cheap Trick. You know, just very poppy yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can hear that in them. Like I said, I, you know, when I was in high school in the late '90s, if you watched something like American Pie. Unless it was a ballad, every song on like that soundtrack was influenced by this particular song, and really mm-hmm. any any movie like that, Road Trip, all that shit just had shit that was just like a basket case ripoff, and that does include Blink One Eighty Two and all that pop punk bullshit from Fall Out Boy, and that just good job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad Green Day, yeah. <laughs> There's one band from that little thing that I do enjoy some of their songs. It's My Chemical Romance. They have a couple of songs that I like to listen to. Or I'll, I'm not turning if they come on the radio. But you're going to turn Purple Fucking Haze? Um, <laughs> he didn't say he'd turn it. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, I said, yeah, I mean, uh, probably, yeah. I don't. And Foxy Jesus. Lady. Yeah, yeah that's exactly Why? what that's... he said. That is what I said. Oh, I stand by that. Yeah, you should uh, be brought to trial. I stand by that. And now well, that we're ang- now they're now they now that we're angry and there's some tension. You're standing by Why? Good Charlotte over Hendrix. Nice. I did not say anything That's about exactly Good Charlotte. What you said. No, well, it's who not. Said My Chemical My- Romance. Sorry. Good Charlotte is whatever. My Chemical Romance. Terrible. Just as bad. Terrible. I'm just saying that, that you're like I'm gonna turn two My Haze. Chemical Romance songs that I enjoy. So and, let me tell you. So, we'll let me, let me, so you're saying there are two My Chemical Romance songs that are better than Purple that, Haze. That, and at this Foxy point Lady. in my life, I would rather hear than Purple Haze. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not gonna change my. I'm not gonna be you like you know what, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Totally I'm sorry. No, you're right. No. <laughs> it's absolutely. Hunter, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying now that we have some tension, why don't we hop under the covers? But and, you're standing by and, your, you're standing by your statement. Oh, I, I stand by it. You won't let nobody hurt it. Won't let nobody hurt you. I'll stand by you. I'm oh, I like, stand by. I'll stand by it. <laughs> even in even in my even in your darkest hour. Um, I appreciate your sp- commitment. Speaking of darkest hours, let's hop under the covers for a minute and talk about the covers of this song, Jonathan. How many did you uh, listen to? Um, let me think. Two, and then you carry the no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Neil, what you got? Um, well, I think something you mentioned earlier. I listened to the lullaby version. That was very yeah. nice. 
it kind of it, it sounds so nice it clued me in i was like wow I like this is the reason i picked this song because it's such a cool little melody played super slow almost like um yeah just like a lullaby and i heard a piano version that was very nice and the there's not many the only other one i listened to was fucking that and sounded anything i'd even want to talk about is natty bong it is natty bong natty bong it's this girl with a great voice singing a super slow reggae version and and not so, as, so you're saying that natty bong's taking this song from the junior high locker room to the dorm room yes yes um and it's just it's better than you might think that's all i'm gonna say huh Better than well, I'll tell you what's not better than you might think is the the Skatoon Network version of the song, which is a ska rendition Ooh. of Basket Case, and it's as bad Isn't as it as it sounds. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's kind of inverted though. I bet it sounds inverted. Yeah, it kind it of is. really is. The accent's only exactly it's opposite. It's like Top beat. Gun. It's like yeah, a, exactly. It's like we're an, inverted. It's, it's like inverted. an inverted penis. You feel sorry for it. Um, the I would say that like Neil said the. I've never been sure about how I should feel with inverted penis <laughs> until now. <laughs> that this is my this is your it's not your fault, Will moment to me. <laughs> you've you've given me permission to just trust my feelings. Oh, good lord! Um, the, the, there's another there's a cover by the band Bastille, oh, which is they're interesting. They're cool. It, well, the, the the version is it's like an orchestral and really melodramatic lyrics is not something I want to listen to. Um, like Neil said, the toddler versions and the instrumental versions they slow it down and the, bring out the melody. It's really nice. And uh, Avril Lavigne did a live cover that Ooh, I listened to. That was uh, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, it adheres to the song. It's a cover, straight up. Cool. And I must say that version of them doing it from '94 in Chicago is pretty amazing. Like with the this huge yeah. crowd moshing around and him, and it's much faster. Like, do you have the time? Do it. They're just he's spitting and yelling. It's great. Yeah, they they do another rendi- They do it. At, they did it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In yeah, which was and very. That, that's cool. also that's also very. Good. I, I watched that, and you could see how. Um, kind of mid-song, how like Billy Joe like realized what was happening, just like even in the middle in the breaks, it's like fucking rock and roll Hall of Fame, just having just you could he was having the time of his life. Um, was well, uh, since we're having the time of our lives, Neil, how does the shoe fit uh, for Basket Case? It fits very well. It fits like a blue suede pair of Vision Streetwear shoes from the nineties. Interesting. I don't know what that means, Jonathan. <laughs> it definitely fits like just a pair of Chuck Taylors you've worn for, you know, four yeah. years of high I think, school. I think that's. I think that's typical. For me, it fits like a pair of really cheap tennis shoes from J.C. Penney. That because those are the shoes I was wearing when I bought this album at eleven and wore it wore it down on my on my CD player, my CD Walkman in the bedroom. Yeah, CD um, Walkman. I was I was all by myself. Shout out to the hidden you track on, on Doogie. By no, he was alone. <laughs> I, I was Listen alone. Was I was thinking himself. of you. I was all by myself. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, uh, we are going to play a version of Green Day's Basket Case.
Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Time to give myself the creep. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? I'm just stoned I went to a shrink To analyze my dreams She says it's like a sex that's bringing me down I went to a whore He said my life's a bore So quit my wine and cause this bringing her down Sometimes I give myself the creep Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ho, ho. Grasping to control. So you better hold on. Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? Am I just stoned? cover you just heard was performed by neil marsh and josh bond thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you please subscribe and rate on apple and spotify you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock and next week is josh's week so josh what are we gonna be talking about we will be discussing your favorite band and mine my morning jacket and the song gideon damn wait <laughs>